Hello. Is this? Okay, yeah. I think I, we got it to work. Uh, ooh. Turn my headphones up. Turn my headphones up. I can't wait for this drop. Uh huh, uh. Mm hmm, mm hmm, mm hmm. Yeah. I was testing out all the sound things, and I finally got them to work. I said I was testing the sound things out, and I got them to work. Now the levels are finding your car, and you're allowed to twerk. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of In Between Gods with Andy Listen. And it's just that today. It's just an episode, solo episode. I don't really like the levels, uh, the levels that I'm hearing right now from my my microphone and my headspace so I'm just gonna keep it uh, as it is yeah welcome it's 920 uh, September 1st 2021 and we're just sitting here you know I'm, I'm doing this episode uh, in the meantime because we did I did bring my friend Ian out at seven in the morning and I brought him to the middle of a park <coughs> excuse me. And we watched the sunrise, and it was very nice, and we had a good time, and uh, then I got home, and the audio quality sounded like I was being bombed, so here we are again. I'm, I'm doing this in lieu of it. William, Mr. Will Rizzo, the second Will, but not last, but but in tied for first, Will of the show, is uh, working on my very pressing interview with Mr. Anderson Bobo, which will be out sometime later this week. In the meantime, here we are. I'm drinking coffee at 9.30 at night. Yeah, what's up, guys? So, what's been going on with you? Because not much has been going on with me. I got um, a, a call the other day from from uh, a, a dude named... Uh, it, it doesn't matter what his name is, but... It's 11.49 in the morning, and I'm, I'm sitting in my bed, just scrolling on Instagram like a little social media man, and I get a call, and I almost don't pick up because I don't really recognize it, but it's from it's from Orlando, so I'm like, okay, what's up? And the guy's like, hi, is this is this Andy Liston? And I was like, it certainly is. How are you? Because it's like he's informal with it. He's like, hi, I'm blah, blah, blah. And I work for uh, Primericorp, we're a financial service. And I'm like, hmm, this isn't this already is like not sitting right on like on on my tongue. Like, I majored in not not finance. I'm not good at math. Uh, I don't know why someone would think I'm I'm good for this job. And they reach out and they're like, hey, it's it's this dude. He's like, it's a, we're a financial service and we are looking for. Um, opportunities for people that need jobs, coming on the market, entry-level positions, we'll train you and stuff. And I'm like, all right, whoa, whoa, whoa. How did you, like, get my information? How did you find me? And he's basically just like, oh, you know, we either got a referral from a friend, which I know that's not fucking true, by the way. I know none of my... No, because if, if it was... If this person was actually my friend, they would not be referring me to a... As, like... They would not recommend me for the job. They wouldn't be like, hey, this guy's great at finance. This guy knows how to handle his money. He definitely did not get... 
two orders of uh, two different takeout orders today. Like I'm bad with money. People that know me, I'm I'm bad with money. I'm bad at keeping money, and uh, I have no idea why anyone would wreck. And so I, I knew it was that, not that. And then he says, or we found your your resume in a stack of or somewhere like Indeed or LinkedIn. I'm like, okay, maybe they found me on LinkedIn. And this guy's like, so what we do is we ba- he told me a bunch of stuff that was not saying stuff and then he gives me this apartment building which is like on south orange blossom trail and if you know where orange blossom trail is you know no one's doing financial no one's doing their real financial dealings in on orange blossom trail and i'm not saying that because of any i'm just saying that that's an objective truth what do you want me to say and look up the apartment building and it looks like it has just been hit with five hurricanes. Like the parking lot literally just looks like when a nuke goes off and it burns like everybody to ashes. But there's just like shadows of people like on the street. Like there's just shadows of where cars used to be parked. And the whole thing's right. It's not from the pictures, even online, you can tell it's not great. And I look up the unit price and I'm like, okay, this doesn't look like this is being legitimately rented. But that but that's beyond the, the initial call. And I'll get to that later. I'm. He gives me this address. I'm looking it up on the call. I'm like, okay, weird, very odd. And then he's like, yeah, so we're looking for interview times. I have a couple open tomorrow. I'm like, this is fast. This is fast as fuck. Every other recruiter I've talked to has been like, okay, yeah, we'll put you down. We've exchanged emails first. I reach out to them. It's I'm not a guy to be headhunted. Am I? Am I wrong? If you know me, reach out. Uh, who's head hunting me? If someone's looking for my head, it's right the fuck smack dab here, and you can come grab it. But this was just—it felt off, and so I was like, "I'll come in for an interview," or, or you know, I, I'm assuming this is like a multi-level marketing scheme at this point because he's like, "Also, if you know anyone else, like you can give me their name and number right now." And I'm like, "Hold on, hold the fuck on! I thought you wanted me for the job." I don't want to go up against my buddies that have better grades than me. Grades mean a lot. to Grades are important to a lot of people. Not to, but I mean, maybe I, I don't want to. So I'm like, okay. And I give him the friend of like one of my, the name of one of my friends just as a fucking joke. And I'm like, I don't want to give you the fucking, the phone number. I want you to have to dig a little, maybe DM him on Instagram. We'll, we'll see if this is legit in time. And he's like, okay, I'll put you down for a little bit of And he goes, now, what I need to tell you for this interview is, first thing, dress professionally. And I was, when you, no, 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 that was the second thing. The first thing was, you need to show up on time. If someone that is headhunting you for a job tells you, and this is for everybody listening, if they're like, hey, you need to show up on time for the interview, who are you interviewing? That's like a thing. Like, being on time is like a regular thing. That's like a normal thing that most people do. You be on... Who are you hiring that's like... Everyone's like, dude, we keep getting these great fucking people for this... We keep getting these great people for this finance job. No one even knows, though, because we're headhunting them because we fucking... They they didn't do... They didn't... They did nothing with finance. But we're going to teach them the tricks of the trade. And so we're just scalping these guys from, you know, the big banks that are searching for. I'm not looking to work uh, in finance, by the way, if you are a prospective, uh, you know, 
prospector or whatever you guys are. But he's like, show up on time. I'm like, done. Dress professionally if you can. All right. Good enough for me. No Crocs. And then he goes, and bring a resume if you want to. I'm like, oh, if I want to. So I'm just like, you know what? After I do some stuff, there's a Washington Post or a, not a, a Business Insider article about them. And it was like, Primerica, the the finance company that swears it's not an MLM, even though it is. And it's like, you can't deny the truth of it. Every single time you get put on and you make a, a sale of insurance, which is what this place is. It's insurance sales reps. Contracted. So they get taught through the program. I'm teaching you guys a lot right now about MLM. So listen to, listen the fuck up. They teach you and indoctrinate you with this program and these promises of here's what we do. And we take this and we build these people. And then you become a pe- and you have your own team of people. You get recruited to a team by an expert team leader. And they're, they, they're leading the team. And then on top of them is their team leader. And he's like the supreme team leader. And then on top of them is the supreme dream team leader. And he's up there and he's like the fourth. And then his boss is God. And then God, on top of God, there's like Kevin Feige, who's the, the CEO of Marvel right now. He's in charge of, he executive produces them. So he's the sixth level. And it keeps going up and up and up to the 11th level. So every time you make a sale on, um, you know, one of these life insurance or auto insurance, um, you know, providers or plans that you're hucking to people, which by the way, this entire company is a, just a branch of Citigroup. And the only like rates they invite are or provide our our Citigroup plan. So good for you, Citigroup. I mean, you just found a way to be just you just have a multi level marketing company. They say they have a hundred thousand salesmen working hard to. If you had a hundred thousand people selling insurance actively, you're out of your got. You're everybody would be covered, and we would not have to worry about. Nancy Pelosi showing us her ice cream collection and Mitch McConnell having to pardon himself from Thanksgiving dinner. Because his neck. Get it? But you know what I'm saying? That wouldn't be... So obviously, I'm reading... I'm like, there's no way there's 100,000. So here's the breakdown of it. And I'm doing this all from memory because... um, I was just... Just because, and I know you can't see it, so you're probably like, oh, is he reading off facts? No, I'm not reading off facts. My phone is face down, actually, so that the FBI agent has to work a little harder and look at my inverted face from the bottom of my chin. You know, it's flat down on my on my table right now. And so, this is just straight off the dome. Of 10 people that get recruited to this thing, say yes in the interview, four of them continue on to the program. In that program, it's it's like a separate independent training course. What little one person straight up fails the exam, never takes it. One person uh, passes, never sells anything. One person passes, sells two to three things, and then stops. One person passes, and then uh, they become one of these uh, quote unquote success stories. So you get one in ten, and. It's like 10%. Like, the thing is, like a success story in this case is like, this guy's really good at selling life insurance for a multi-level marketing company. 
You know, like that's like they're like, hey, you fucking of you're the reason why we get more people. Isn't that fucking awesome? <laughs> you're like, hey, I did it. I'm a success. I'm legally allowed to be a con man. When someone kills me in the street because I, I conned out their, their nephews of all of their money because they have to pay a processing fee of $200, which only 99 of it needs to be actually done for this legal processing, having to pay extra fees on top of it, and then having to pay $25 a month to use this service. If you take 100,000 people and multiply that by 25, that's $2.5 million a month they're making from their own employees. These are not my words. These are Business Insider. Again, folks. I mean, some of these are my words. Some of the some of these, they're not talking about how a success story. Those, it, this is rough because it's like, I didn't show up to the interview by today. That's why I was waiting on this to see if, if I actually woke up in time to show up to my noon appointment with this guy in, a, in an office building that was... Uh, has previously been in a fire and not attended to, and it's just, the fire just went out. It just ran out of shit to burn, and now it's just an asphalt shell with windows still that are intact. So, I mean, who can front fault them? I looked at the rent space. It was 512 square feet. Pretty nice, decent size, but it was $6,000 a year. I mean, I would do it. But then again, I don't want to be renting out an office next to dudes who are trying to make me, you know sell insurance to 85 year old people <laughs> i'm trying to sell life insurance to a bunch of people like denying the covid vaccine in the middle of walmart in in leesburg florida what 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 reality is that getting anyone ahead in and somehow you become a success and then you go through every single you but every, every single person every single body which is the thing i tried to say at once twice you go through every person you know on your social media. You reach out to everybody whose phone number you still have from your high school. You hit up your old coworkers from whatever serving job you had. And you're like, hey, why don't you come join me in my, my Justice League of <laughs> cohorts who literally we just run around and throw auto insurance plans at people with like a bicycle with a lawnmower attached to it. What does that... He, so he didn't call. He didn't follow up today. I didn't go to the interview, which is what I assumed. And then I gave him my friend's name. <laughs> if you gave, if you work for Primerica and I know you and you listen to this podcast, which for all three of those things to line up in any universe that's not Marvel, that is a not real reality. Uh, stop referring me to fucking MLM shell court. Like, just don't keep doing that. Or do, because, I mean, I did it to my friend, and I felt real... I, I just laughed my ass off. Um, yeah. Oh, great news. Uh, great news for the second half of the episode. I was just thinking about, you know, stuff to talk about. I actually... do. Does anyone remember my episode, um, Burn Camp Wee to the Ground? Which, where I, I, I bargained that, you know, instead of, like, letting this sacred place go to burn you know or or, or go to like get torn torn down to be housed it just burned the whole place and that was like a great argument and apparently it was so great that the people that were going to buy the lot were like you know what we're going to let the city buy it and i'm proud to announce i am the sole reason that camp weewa is that i i saved camp weewa i single-handedly by myself everyone was like 
Because when everyone heard the news, every single person I knew that went to camp, even people I don't know that went to camp, reached out to the show and they were like, hey, there's this is too far gone. No one can do it. And I said, wait, wait one second. Wait, park your... I'm like Michael Winslow today. Park your car. Stop what you're doing. Stop in the middle of the highway. Brake fast. During breakfast time on the highway, put your car in park in the middle of the freeway and take the keys out and throw them on the dash. In the middle lane. Stop what you're doing. Give me a second. And I made, in about an hour and a half, the single greatest piece of podcasting history. And I saved Camp Weewa. And I'm so glad that I did. You know, uh, we couldn't have done this. Uh, we couldn't have done this without me, who, like I said, I'm a great camper. I was a I was a fun counselor for for a year. It was a I mean it was a team effort of every part of my brain. But I'm just glad to do it. I'm joking, by the way, guys. This is a joke. This is a joke. If anybody in the Facebook group Save Camp Weewa and listen to this, they're all people who like went there in the 70s. If anyone in that Facebook group who posts regularly and th- those people, by the way, actually saved Camp Weewall and shout out to them, uh, Rich Shellhase included, you know, everybody, it's it's amazing um, what you guys did and the city of Apopka is saving it, uh, buying it for $4.7 million. It's great. Um, and I will give you all that credit in the world as soon as I'm done taking mine, which again is most of it. Um, if anybody... That went to Camp Weewa in the 70s or 80s and is trying to preserve the memories of their childhood right now. Listen to an episode of this show, which is very much my personality as a byproduct of my years there. Um, you know, within the past 15 years, they literally would have an aneurysm. Like they would actually pass out and have a seizure like in their living room. And so that's what I'm saying is we did it. <laughs> We did it, but like, what is summer camp going to be now? What what was it before? I mean, when I left the summer camp experience, it's it's because yes, I was turn I was going to turn eighteen the next year, and I was like, this is a summer camp. I should probably get a job that doesn't pay me. If you broke down what I was getting paid as a junior counselor at this job, and and it was twenty four hours a day for six days a week, it would equate to I'm not joking, like forty cents an hour, which is dope. Because that's exactly what, you know, apparently, and I'm saying apparently because I'm very careful with my words because um, I'm in between gods right now. And being in between gods means that we're not doubting any, you know, religion. And we find that every religion is something true to somebody else. However, um, it is the alleged amount that people on the sea organization of... uh, Scientology were getting paid and still probably are getting paid for their labor. Uh, I just watched like a Scientology documentary and it fucking rocked. They were like, yeah, this guy David Miskovich has people just like scrubbing boats and they just run this boat around the world on the sea. And he's literally enslaving these people that are believing that like they're going to get their souls saved by having like energy swords taken out of them through revealing all their secrets to someone who's going to write them down and document them and use them against them. It's just torture. And it's, it's literally modern day slavery. And uh, they have a $1.5 billion 
you know, on paper tax return from their their three biggest centers that was available um, through an FBI investigation or an IRS audit or something. I don't fucking know. I didn't do the documentary. I'm not working at HBO. Excuse me one second. Sorry, I had to cough. My mouth got dry. But yeah, like I was saying before, Scientology, on paper, it looks crazy. And when you take a deeper look at it, it's even wilder. And they have so much money, apparently. But apparently it's all to fucking prop up Tom Cruise and pay Tom Cruise and everyone worships Tom Cruise and shit. And, like, I do too. Like, don't get me wrong, but, like, I'm still just, like, a regular guy. Like, I still have, like, my Thetan level is probably still pretty high. And I want to get my energies out. And I want to learn more. And so that's why I'm saying, you know, that uh, soon, I don't know if it'll be this week or next week, uh, I will be attending a service at the Orlando Church of Scientology just to see what it's all about. I watched the intro video, and they were just talking about, like, Orlando, the city of corporate interests, and, like, amusement parks that represent the fall of Western civilization. I'm like, this is the intro video? And then they're like, look at our beautiful church. It's, it's like, modern, chic, and and I'm like, what? And they're showing me all the classrooms and stuff, and it's like, we have a bilingual reading center for Orlando's Puerto Rican population. Which makes up 14%. And I was like, that's a odd in the middle of the video. I don't know why. I don't know why I felt that way. But it just felt like it was like some scientist. I'm sorry. Some Scientologist just thought like, we should. We need to put that in there, right? We're going to... Orlando's for the Puerto Rican. We're going to get the Puerto Rican draw in Orlando. I mean, you, you know someone who literally was just like... I'm sorry, uh, a heroin addict before, and no press on heroin addicts. I have a lot of friends that have beaten the bug. I have a lot of friends that are still in the fight, or maybe I don't. I don't even know if my friends are on heroin. They just look like it. Um, <laughs> um, sorry, I'm doing this alone, so no one's here to laugh, and usually nobody laughs, but I just thought that was a funny little joke. No press to all my heroin friends. Um not to say I've, and now people are going to be like, are you, were you ever involved in heroin? I'm like, yes, I watched Narcos. And now that I said that, I haven't even watched Narcos and I'm thinking about it now. And that shows about cocaine. I'm drinking coffee right now and have just a whole bunch of ADHD. So don't, I'm not even sure what you're supposed to do on here. Do you like play disc golf? I was going to play disc golf with my friend. Um... And we just keep having to reschedule because neither of us want to play it that bad because it doesn't seem that fun. But I I digress. So yeah, I'm going to be making a trip to the Church of Scientology and uh, we're going to see if they can turn me over, which would be kind of fucking funny. What if they co-opted me, like for real co-opted me, and they're like, yo, they just laid out everything. And I was like, this makes sense. And this whole show just becomes... In between Elrons. Or in between cruises. Or even better. In but Tom Cruises. And it would just be me and Tom Cruise. And we would just be on a 747 in the sky. Flying high. And people would just be serving us drinks. And then they would go in a dark room. 
and someone would put a bucket on their head and douse them in cold water and then blast them with the AC uh, on max free setting. So, you know, I'm playing with fire and I have no money. And if the Church of Scientology hears this and they decide to shoot me at the Church of Scientology Orlando, I'm saying, hey, I knew not to, I got in the water with sharks. And if this is my final goodbye, dear God or Elrond, don't let it be. But I will be proud. I will be proud to be a man assassinated by the Church of Scientology. If you're here in this Scientology, bang my line. We'll set something up. But yeah, just a little short little, you know, little airtime episode. A little something to get you through your morning drive. Or maybe your morning drives if you play golf and listen to podcasts. In that case, I don't think, you know, if you listen to podcasts and play golf at the same time, that means you're not talking to anybody else in that group of four. And yes, I'm only stating that so I can prove the fact that I know people play golf in groups of four. Uh, Just a little golf knowledge uh, from me to you. They uh, canceled the crate challenge on, on like TikTok. Like you can't do the crate challenge anymore, which or they don't like they're banning it. So you can't see crate challenge because it's a danger to kids. And I'm like, all right, well, they, they censor literally everything. I go on Reddit and someone in one Reddit thread was like, no, we're not reposting the crate challenges anymore. All crate challenge posters will be banned. They'll be taken down. And I'm like, this is literally a thread where I, it's just people making mistakes and you just posted a video where a guy accidentally shot, like skimmed his friend's head with a bullet. This is literally a dude shooting his friend in the head on accident. I'm not Dick Cheney and the guy's fine. But like, it was just like a funny shooting his friend in the head where like it just skimmed it in and like shot his hat off. Like that was funny. But um, yeah, so I can watch a guy shoot his friend in the head, but I can't watch a dude run up on a milk crate in a blindfold and some 13 year old throws a football at his feet and he falls and breaks his ribs. What, what point, I mean, what has America come to that I'm defending? Like, why don't we watch all these people just run up and break their, their fucking ribs and like rip their arm off? How is it so violent? I mean, I get, I mean, I understand the reasoning, I don't think I should be watching, or anybody should be watching, or used to uh, violence, people getting murdered, but yet again, we are, and that's just part of life. This is a country where people are all like, yeah, I want to be that guy from No Country for Old Men, and I'm like, Josh Brolin, and they're like, no, fucking Javier Bardem, like, I just want to walk around and just, just shoot people with the little cow, the cow air thing. It's a fucking wild, we're a wild, wild west society that is crumbling at its core. Um, And everybody wants to be the the rugged cowboy with the 1970s haircut. Me, I should get a haircut. A shout out to my mom. She might listen to this. Uh, I will be getting a haircut. I know you keep telling me I need to get a haircut, and I will. I really do. I promise I'll get a haircut soon. As soon as I find some time between watching podcasts... And critiquing movies. And then after all that hard work. Relaxing with some TV shows. I will really. I will still. When I find the time. When I get off work. Um, but yeah. 
the crate challenge does look like those plastic bins are built out of titanium. And it's I wouldn't you wouldn't catch me. I weigh like 230 pounds at the moment. Always subject to change. Always subject to change. Can I just say that? It could always be less. Maybe it could be more. But that's what it is about right now, I guess. That's where we're at. And so, yeah. I talk about my weight and I forget. He's like, oh, yeah. Oh, my weight? I would shake the fucking earth if I did the crate challenge right now and fell. I mean, you're talking about my ribs would go through. They would puncture my heart and I would die in front of a crowd of 100 people trying to put me on Twitter. They'd be like, oh, my God, here's the video of that fucking huge fucking dude that fucking fell on his fucking ribs and they fucking went into his his fucking heart. Bro, did you fucking see that, bro? Like, fuck. Oh my god. That was oh my and then they like they're like like and retweet. <laughs> it's just always funny when you see a crate challenge and you're like, do I wanna put a heart on this guy getting his fucking neck broken? <laughs> We're devolving as a society. Uh yeah. Theme of the show, again, right? Are we am I shying away from the theme of the show by just doing a silly one? Anyways, uh, yeah, new episode later this week. This is what we're doing right now. Oh, thank you very much for listening, and uh, good morning, good afternoon, and uh, yeah, bye. I don't know. It's just saying it's twenty. It's saying it's at twenty nine forty five, and I really just want to put up like a thirty minutes so that when people see it, they're like, "Oh, it's 30. He's doing at least a half an hour on these. Like he's spending. Like, he's taking his time. 